it's it's really Rafutner at his most complex, and of course Lawrence uh, Kaplan chooses. But it's about it, it's it's about Rosh Hashanah, so I thought it would be um, on point. On point. Uh, so it's Maima Dalad in Kuntrasachesed, which is in the Rosh Hashanah uh, Shar of the Pachat uh, Yitzchaks. Um, and if you go to his page. 104. I thought that Kaplan's um, <coughs> insight was was really um, reading into Rav Hutner initially. I thought it was just reading into him stuff that he was seeing. But um, it turns out that. Um, at the end of his article on page 115, he says Professor Gershon Greenberg sent him a draft of his article, Knesset Yisrael Slobodka, Suffering Love Through the Holocaust, um, in which Greenberg also asked, argued that there was a discrete, definable school of Slobodka. Um, concerning Messias Nefesh al-Kiddush Hashem and this dialectical relationship between suffering and love. So, <laughs> so once I saw Greenberg, who is the kind of uh, Haredi scholar who really understands the Haredi response to the Holocaust, I um, backed off from my notion that this article was reading too much into Rav Hitler. Because Rav Hitler never spoke about it. And... Um, so let's dive into this Maimon number four. And it starts uh, with the Gemara in Bavli in Gemara in Sochim 118 in terms of the fact that the great Hallel is uh, includes the fact that you say Kiliyon Chasto 26 times, corresponding to uh, the 26 generations uh, before the Torah was given, from the time of creation to the time of, of Matan Torah were 26 generations. So what's that got to do with the Hallel? Um, so so. The Gemara suggests that the world was sustained, Rav Nachman says, says it in a very elaborate way, Olam Chesed Yibone, that the world was sustained on Chesed. Until the Torah, it was sustained on Chesed. Um, so that's the next page, Dalet. Um, if the Torah wasn't given, there was no law. If there was no law, there was no mishpat, there was no reward and punishment. Then the world was, was sustained merely on the divine grace, this notion of divine grace. <coughs> Uh, 
And don't think for a minute that Matan Torah from then on, Nismata shall meet us Chazdus. Don't think that from that point on, the Chesed was somehow diminished. On the contrary, Adaraba, Himama Zebolelamdenu, this, this, uh, Pericope in, 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 in the Gemara comes to teach us She'al yidei matan Torah nisrabto v'nizgadla pu'ulo so shulmidas ha'chesed So there was a kind of expansion of the archetype of chesed to the point where nesina mokum l'kiyum olomos the world was now sustained not only through um, the chesed of divine grace, which was undeserving or deserving irrelevant because there was no judgment, but now that the idea of grace would now occur within the legal framework of reward and punishment, mishpat, chesed and gevura, that there was this balance so it's not that he got rid of Chesed. For the first 26 generations, the world sustained on Chesed. Why? Nothing was being demanded of humankind. Now that you've given Matan Torah, okay, so you're given rewards for doing good things and punishment for doing the others. So you might have thought, well, Chesed is gone. In a world of Kafka-esque law, right? This is the whole Kafka's thesis. There's no room for humanity or grace. Right, right. He finally gets up to the stop of the steps, and he sees the judge, and finally the judge opens the door, and what does he do? At the end of the book, he slams it in his face. Law is irrational, it is totalitarian, and has there's no basis for chesed. No, Rav Hutner says, Once I introduced the concept of matan Torah and the idea of schar and punishment, so now I give chesed its right place in the world. So there, before it, it was a kind of um, a, a, a gift of unearned gifts. Unearned gifts. Chesed was not an unearned gift. It was an unearned gift. Undeserving. Does chesed ever become earned? Hmm? Does chesed ever become earned? It, the implication of it, was it becomes it's matnas chinam is a gift, a free gift. Right. It's a free gift. Right. Now, let's say you tried hard and you failed, so uh-huh. you're being judged. There's room for the judge to say there were mitigating circumstances, and I'm going to reduce your sentence. So that that kind of chesed um, is a chesed mishpat. It's based on divine judgment. This new kind of um, chesed that occurs within the framework of justice, not just I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, um, I'm just uh, vacating my influence. So here he now introduces the concept of Gaon Yaakov, the excellency um, of Gaon Yaakov. What is this Gaon Yaakov? This is his big Kiddush. Torah. 
the Gaon Yaakov is the demand and the hope and the claim that in the chosen people, the entire body of the mitzvahs of Torah can, the Efsharut, the possibility that it can be fulfilled. That's the Gaon Yaakov. Mikivan to Yom Adin shall Rosh Hashanah ain't a boat be equal hogas or lomas. Elohid harvas or lomas. Since Rosh Hashanah comes in its main frame, not on the behavior of the Welt, that's Yom Kippur, which will be judged. Elo al hitavuta olamot, the renewal and coming to being of the world. It's the Yom HaZikaron of the day, of the birthday of creation of the world. Therefore, this revelation of the Madrega of Gaon Yaakov, he, he, Yesodo shall skira sadin de Rosh Hashanah. That's the focus of the skira, the scope, the glancing, the the wide-angle vision of Din on Rosh Hashanah, meaning, Allah Elohim betruas Hashem, going up to God in this trumpet blows, Bekol Shofar, Al Yidei Bechiras Hanhala Geon Yaakov Asher Ahav It's through this choice of God that made in the beginning of creation to choose Am Yisrael, to express the radical approach to the world through the t- Torah mitzvahs. <coughs> so, the analysis of Gaon Yaakov described here takes up these first two sections of the essay. But let's move on now to the third section, Perikimel, in which the Gaon Yaakov will take a radical new turn. In the third and concluding section, Raputna begins again, and he notes that the principle set forth in the verse, let's read it, There's this notion of chosenness, and it is because of this chosenness he visits us upon us all our iniquity. We had learned originally that God exacts punishment on the righteous. Uh, is not the reason God is exacting analysis and punishment on Am Yisrael, again, because I was, I chose you from all the other nations of the world, therefore I visit upon you sin, is different from I am exacting punishment from the tzaddikim, like the hairbreadth. There's a difference. Because when the righteous gets punished, that is an exacting of mishpat and din only. When I'm talking about Gaon Yaakov, and I'm visiting upon you the iniquity, it's a very subtle point. It went above my head originally until I read it three times. When I'm looking at Klal Yisrael, 
and Gaon Yaakov, what I'm doing is I'm bringing them into the world of Mishpat, in which there's a balance between Din and Chesed. They are triggering my Chesed Mishpat, my Chesed within Mishpat, unlike the way I exact punishment on the Tzadikim who so so what am I doing here the, the difference between me and my punishment of Tzadikim and other men versus Klalisol and the rest of the world this idea of Chesed in Mishpat doesn't apply to the Tzadikim so then, <coughs> at the bottom, Yudalov. Yep. He then cites this Gemara in Menachos, where Moshe sees the flesh of Rabbi Akiva being torn from him and being weighed out on the market stalls. And, and Moshe says to Hashem in this fast forward, What's going to happen to this Rabbi Akiva? Zu Torah Vazu Schora, very famous Gemara, in which Moshe questions the divine justice. Zu Torah Vazu, this is Torah and this is its reward. To which God replies, Shtok, Kach Olabamachshava, be quiet. This arose in my thought. Very enigmatic response, Yudalev. This is what arose before me. Don't question me. Don't question me. And the um, one of the Gras' famous remarks on this, the Gra outstandingly connects in a true midrashic trope this kach Allah the machshava in the Gemara in Menachos with the medrash in the beginning of Pasha Bereshis that when God created the world he created it with only the Midas Hadin then saw that it could not survive without Chesed and therefore he included the Mishtatev he was Mishtatev the Din with Chesed that's the grass finish so he saw that the world couldn't contain just punishment and he was mishtatev he <coughs> married it to the archetype of mercy this takes us out of our comfort zone that the Gaon the of Vilna linking the phrase Kach Olobamachshava to the Betchila Olobamachshava, of course, the word Olobamachshava and Kachbamachshava is, the, is the, 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 the connection. And now he gives precedence to the attribute of mercy and joins it to the Din. According to the Gaon, then, regarding the death of Rabbi Akiva, he brings to bear that notion of 
Mishtatev Rachamin to Din to Rabbi Akiva's death. How? He says, according to the Groh, Mitoch Divrei Hagroh Onu Lomdin Kigamba Oilam Shelonu Asher Bon Nishtatev Midas Rachamin and Midas Adin. Even though in our world, post creation, where God has joined the Midas Hadin to the Midas Arachimim, Nimtza Rishuma Shel Olam Adin Sha'olava Machshava. There is a residue, this Kabbalistic term, this residue of the world of Machshava before he was Mishtate Fadin. It's not that he just was Mishtate Brachmin to Din. But there is also a primordial world that has a residue here of din only. That's what the Gra is fabulously suggesting. That kach olo b'machshava means that when it comes to Rabbi Akiva, kach olo b'machshava means that Rabbi Akiva is being judged in a primordial system of justice only without rachamim. A world of Midas Hadin untempered by Midas Arachami. And therefore it follows from the Gaon, according to Rav Hutner, that even in our world of blend of Din, there is a residue of the world of the pure and fierce Din, and the righteous are being judged by the standards of that world. So now we have two standards. Tzadikim are being standard, Kachut which comes from a primordial historical world. The Kabbalah of the Groh is a historical Kabbalah of Hajgacha. Is the implication that they're being judged on a higher level, they'll have a higher level of reward? Does it go both ways? No. No. So it's it's not about reward and punishment. This is about Rachmim and Din. In a world of Din, there is no world of reward and punishment. Everything is meted out like that. In that world, the tzaddikim have given up Sahamal, their Bechira, for reward and punishment. So I'm going to that, I'm, I'm willing to put myself on that cross, to be judged and nailed to that cross, to use a Christian expression. Whereas the rest of us in a post-creation world in which we live, in which there's a tempering of din with mercy, so there, there is Mishpat. So there, we are being judged by Roared in punishment, and the punishment is tempered by mercy. That's what the, this is the thesis of Rav, Rav Hutner's dazzling explanation. And the world would not have been able to endure had it been created according to the Midas Din alone. That's what he says. Well, the world wouldn't, but the Tzadikim could be. That's what he suggested. The righteous are judged by that standard. So therefore, we have two worlds. The worlds of the righteous in which they have somehow liquidated their free choice, submitted themselves to this primordial justice, and the rest of us. Okay. <coughs> now he draws the pieces together, and he brings a Rabbeinu Tam brought in Tosus Rosh Hashanah, and suggest the following. Yudalit. V'ayin Tosus Rosh Hashanah da'chav zayin shekosvu ha'machloikas im v'tishri nivra o'ilam o v'nisra nivra o'ilam. The Rabbeinu Tam, a view in Rabbeinu Tam in Tosus Rosh Hashanah 27a about the debate when the world was created in Tishrei or Nisra. Rabbeinu Tam says that there, that he tries to harmonize the view, the famous Tosus, 
by saying what? The Eilu Ve'Eilu Divrelekim Chaim. The Betishrei Olaba Machshava. Aha, that same word again. Olaba Machshava. In Tishrei, it arose in his mind to create the world. Olaba Machshava. Lehiboros. Below Nivra, and it wasn't created until Nisan. So what the, the Kabbalists tell us, Bali Ruach HaKodesh, that Rosh Hashanah as a Yom Adin refers to the Din Asher Olobamachshava, meaning the Din that's untempered by Rachamim. It's a huge Chiddush in the Rabbeinu Sam. The Olobamachshava of the Groh, that applies to the Olaba Machshava of Masebrachus now applies to the Olaba Machshava of Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Hashanah, meaning the Rosh Hashanah of Tishri, which is Olaba Machshava only Bemidas Hadin. The Alkain Beyom Amiris Malchios. It wasn't until Nisan that he improves the Din and tempers it with the creation of the world with Rachamim. Malchios Shelamelech Hamishpat. Untempered by Chesed. Dina de Malchusa Dina. Ma'ira et Hanhogus Diktur Chut Hasara Mucheres Knesis of Bechiris Amchakulum Sadika. Meaning on Rosh Hashanah, it is only the level of primordial Mishpat alone, untempered, that is applied to the Tzadikim. But on this day, Amchakulum Sadikim. It's cute. Alam kulam chatzadikim. So we are all on that level. We are all judged kuchut asara. We are all judged like the tzadikim because there's no midas harachamim. It's the level we want to be on, is it? No. The osmofia ge'avosu shall knesses Israel. Asher al yedei avodosu misnuhi kiyum ha'olam asher b'seder masipreshus lo hayo yichalim. And we see by Nissan it, it couldn't it couldn't stand. So by Nissan the world is created tempered by tempered by the oil. Of Chesed. And it's that Goin Yaakov then comes to it. And now he comes to the final conclusion, which is I would have glossed over it, but he doesn't. And clearly Greenberg doesn't. So I went back and read it, and the more I read it, the more I was bowled over. And here we come, Tesvav in Maime From everything of this majestic, majestic essay, Nimtza, Kidargo Zu de Gaon Yaakov, There are Zwei Dinen in Gaon Yaakov. There's two aspects to Gaon Yaakov. One, Bamatsav Shel Olam Hatikun. Now he brings in a Kabbalistic notion that there is two worlds, the Olam of Tohu and the Olam of Tikun. The Olam of Tohu is the world before the breaking of the vessels and the catastrophe that resulted in the world that we have, this lowered world. The Olam HaTikun is the fixing of that world by doing Torah, Mitzvahs, and Chesed and Mishpah. He is now going to suggest that the two worlds of Tohu and Tikun represent the two paradigms that he set up on the Gro. The Matzav Shel Olam HaTikun Shel Yeshivas the Olam of Tikkun is glorified 
at the highest point when Solomon VI sits on the throne of God. That world is the world of Mishpat. Shlomo is the Melech. He's the Dayan. He makes decisions. He tempers justice with mercy. That is the Olam of the paradigm, the, the high point of Jewish history. And the second one, the Matzav Shel Olam that is a world untempered by chesed, a primordial world of only mishpat, where everyone is being judged. Now, fasten your seatbelts. What he's suggesting is that even in history, the Ge'on Yaakov can manifest itself at critical periods of time in its primordial, where all the nation is being judged like tzaddikim. Look what he's saying. That the Gaon Yaakov finds itself in nailed to the cross, Shel Basar, Rabbi Akiva, Hanishkal Bamakulam, and the flesh is being weighed in the marketplaces. And on Rosh Hashanah, the two aspects of Ge'on Yaakov, the Chesed Elyon with Chesed Mishpat, balanced, which is all of the Machshava, but doesn't come into play until Pesach, where he sees the world cannot live without the Chesed Mishpat, but also, also, the Ge'on Yaakov aspect of Kuchut Hasaira, of the Tzadikim that have voluntarily relinquished their free will to be judged with only this primordial Mishpat. And he sees in that a response to the Holocaust. Because no one had a choice. It wasn't until now you had a choice. You could either go on the cross or you could choose Judaism. You could either be from or not from. You could merge into secular society and become liquidated. Here, you could be gay, you could be communist, you could be not from, you could be from, ultra from, Hasidic, everyone. Hitler didn't care. What he's suggesting, according to our professor here, Kaplan, and and agreed to by Professor Greenberg is that this is a Slabodka approach to the Holocaust. In the Slabodka approach, I am willy-nilly in times of history manifesting my Ge'on Yaakov, Asher Ge'on Yaakov, Asher Ahav, his Nachlo, the chosenness of Am Yisrael, that was all over in the beginning of creation, has this mythical point throughout history in which it manifests itself where the entire nation is judged in the primordial mishpat way without tempered by person. Not that we have a choice. It is part of the destiny of Goin Yaakov to manifest God's chosenness in both those ofanim. Dazzling. Because I had spent 40 years looking at responses to the Holocaust and the Haredi responses left me cold. For the first time, I felt epis. Yeah, this is a Slabodka response that merits critical thinking.